With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Stratycast. In this podcast, I'm joined by Brian McClare, also known as Chucky. Spent a long time in Manchester United as not only a player, but Helen Academy. And looked after players like Paul Pogba and Jesse Lingard. So we go into a bit of detail in that in the podcast. Brian won four Premier League titles under Sir Alex Ferguson. He won three FA Cups, one League Cup, a UEFA Cup, Winners' Cup and a Super Cup. So I was in awe speaking to, to Brian. Um, obviously, he was a bit before my time as a Manchester United fan, but part of being a United fan is, is reading up about the history, reading up about certain players and asking fans that, that witnessed these players what they were like. So, look, Brian McClare is, is a massive name amongst Manchester United fans and I'm sure you're going to really enjoy this podcast. We speak to him for just under a half an hour. So, again, um, in March, we've, we've, we've spoken to Daniel Nardiello, Scott McGarvey, that's three former Man United players and as I can't promise that every month's going to be as, as big as that but I, I really hope you enjoy this podcast um, and on YouTube give us a high rate and then of course social media, give us a share, the Stratycast is, is only growing um, and apologies that this week's podcast came a bit later than usual, we usually get it out on a Monday or Tuesday but this comes just before the weekend and I suppose with the, the international break it gives you a bit of that Manchester United fix um, that uh, addictive drug that we're all addicted to but look here it is um, put your feet up get a cup of tea and enjoy thanks for listening still Giggs goes he's through he scored Ryan Giggs he's at the goal that's winning for Manchester United right footed it's a clear header and it's in the left too bad coming over a bit of an illness but look we, we get on with the podcast um first of all it's an absolute pleasure to have you on um it, it's not very often we, we have people on the podcast to have a four premier league winner medals and fa cups and super cups and winners cups to talk about so look it's an absolute pleasure um like last week we had scott mcgarvey on the week before we'd Daniel Nardiello, so it's great to speak to former United players and, and especially one as, as as well known as yourself. So I suppose the first question we're going to jump into is have you, have you any regrets whatsoever in, in terms of leaving as, as the academy as academy director? Just leaving the academy? Mm. No, I, I don't have any regrets about anything I've done in my life, particularly in my, uh, my employment time. Um, uh, I say, 
like quite embarrassing really at times because I don't feel as if I've ever had a job. Mm. I don't think I've ever been to work. I've always had my view as a selection or a collection of uh, yeah, hobbies, none of which is good as the first hobby, which was playing, um, uh, then coaching and, and being an academy manager and being involved in other facets of football. Uh, you have decisions to make along that path and I've been comfortable with, with all those decisions that uh, I've had to make. Uh, I've, I've managed to get to the um, to 50 without, as I said, working a day. Never worked a day. I've always loved what I did. I've never never woken up any time and thought, oh, no, I've got to go to work today, you know. So I, I feel blessed about all those things. And when you make decisions, sometimes the hard ones, yeah, yeah I always try to record the optimistic side of things, you know, that, that everything's not going to go exactly the way you want it or imagine it. But in general, it's been, uh, most things have been very good. And in any situation, you come across and meet new people, a lot of good new people. And that's been a, that's been a big advantage of, of, and then having a, a taste of something outside of Manchester United, where I was, uh, I'd been involved in for, well, in total 25 years. I suppose no matter what walk of life you go to, everyone always says try and get a job that you, you enjoy doing. And, and do, as you as you kind of alluded to, it then it doesn't feel like work. It's something that you wake up every morning, you enjoy doing, you don't mind going to do. And I suppose being a Man United is, is, is the pinnacle of football, really. And and, and you've done that for so, so, for so long. Does it frustrate you when you see players, especially nowadays, that I suppose maybe have, slight attitude problems, don't know how lucky they are, and maybe possess so much potential that their attitude sometimes gets in the way of that. And you're kind of thinking, Look, this is the greatest job of all time. And as you mentioned, it's not even a job. No, well, I always try to enjoy myself. I, I think that was a key thing, that whether I was trying to entertain myself, and people, will, 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 I'm sure I'll, I'll, many of my colleagues will, I'll make comments that um, I had an odd sense of humour or a strange sense of humour, but uh, it was my kind of humour. It was it was about me trying to enjoy myself every single day. That that was just both as a player and involved in other avenues of football. And of course, you come across people in life who don't appreciate what they got or worry too much about things and don't enjoy it. Uh, and I think that maybe it comes across maybe more poignantly now in the sense that. There are so many more articles or avenues for people to express their view or, or not to express their view. So we're in a world now, as we're doing what we're doing now, it would have been, it'd been a ridiculous thought 25 years ago or 30 years ago. I don't think there's enough. They don't look, not enough people look as if they're enjoying themselves. It should be enjoyable because it isn't work. It never should be work. If it is work, then you will always have a problem with that because... I think that the, the, the enjoyment and fun part uh, is, is what you really want to do, you know. So training and playing, there's nothing better than that. And it's going to finish, you know. I mean, that it, uh, it, life shoots past and you, you get to a particular age or whatever, you know. I mean, football football players should be trying to enjoy themselves. So any sportsmen or people who do love doing what they're doing, it's great to be involved in that sort of thing. And I don't think it's, it's often... Um, not appreciated maybe is that I love being outside 
not outside now, but I love being outside. And to have a job, you could be outside running about and getting rewarded for it is a great feeling, you know, irrespective of what kind of weather it was. You spoke there about it not being a job and always kind of being happy in what you do and love what you're doing. If you closed your eyes for a second and think back to your time at Manchester United as a player, what's the first memory that comes to mind? As a player, I think the first thing that comes to mind to me is the um, is the, the first time that I'd heard that Manchester United were, and, and Alex Ferguson in particular were interested in, in signing me. I followed United as my English team from from the, the time they were in the second division. Uh, just pre- just a few weeks before, at the end of the previous season, where I'd become, I'd become interested in, in Manchester United when I was probably about nine years of age. So that would be that's my first memory of, of, of finding out that Alex Ferguson was interested because I was like quite amazed really because it, at that time the United should have been able to sign any player in Britain and perhaps some players from from abroad which they had done had done up to that point. So I was quite humble about it, but that was the, that was the first thing that springs to mind. How did it come about? Had Ferguson identified you from his time in managing in Scotland? Yeah, well, he was the manager at Aberdeen, so mm-hmm. he, I was playing for Glasgow Celtic, so he, he must have, well, I know, I know he did, because he was, all the way through his, his managerial career, he not only studied the players on the pitch, he tried to find out as much as he could about them off the pitch, yeah. uh, and I must have um, I must have fitted into the to the type of player he was looking to, to bring to Manchester United with the, this, his dream of of rebuilding a football club. Hmm. As opposed to, you mentioned there that he wanted to study the players off the pitch, Ferguson made some, some drastic changes when he came to Manchester United, um, especially with the dressing room with some attitudes and stuff like that. When, when you look at the dressing room today, and I, I know you, you've worked with a number of the players, and I suppose you kind of see the, the difference in attitudes and when you play, and, and, and now in the, the, the influence of social media and things. Do you think... A manager, I suppose we're talking with Jose Mourinho, who was successful for so many years, should maybe alter their approach as generations go on, like Ferguson did. Well, I'm sure it has done, because as I say, every, every the way that technology is and the way that it swiftly comes round and new things appear, we, we could just use as a topic at the moment uh, the video assistant refereeing. Mm. And it's not going to go away. It's going to be part of it's going to be part of the game, uh, and you have to adjust to everybody is going to have to adjust to that. Uh, yeah, and I think that the, the way that it is that you should you should always evolve. And as you said, Alex Ferguson came through a, 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 a situation scenario, I suppose, at the beginning where where your media would be radio, uh, the written press, and the television, and then and his his career spanned all those. Social media explosions and also the, uh, the the rise of of satellite television and indeed satellite television in a global sense. So and he had to deal with those things, with particularly with it, uh, with how that he would like to shape his his team, particularly during the games. And I think he just found a way of coping with various different situations that they were not going to go away. He wasn't going to beat them. So if the players were going to be texting each other or the players rather than talk to each other, he, he, would, he, he found a way of um, 
of of well, I suppose making sure that it wasn't detrimental to to his planning of, of winning football games and ultimately winning titles. He did a fantastic interview. Um, I think it was last month, The Telegraph, with a journalist named Sam Wallace, um, and you, you went into detail about about Jess, working with Jesse Lingard and working with Pogba yeah. at such a young age, and you kind of gave some insight into what kind of positions that they, they, they were flourishing. Um, Paul Pogba, for example, and there's so much debate here, it, it's nearly becoming tiresome. You know, we all know Paul Pogba is an absolute fantastic player. Um, do you think right now there's maybe players that United should sign to accompany him to maybe get the well, best? Well, I mean, I've already said that, that when I'm uh, done on, on Twitter saying about what what the starting eleven should be for me for me next uh, next season, and it's just that my humble opinion now. That and it was interesting to see that on that there was chatting about it yesterday in the media because I said about. My my percent half partnership would be uh, Bailly and Varane. Now people say oh, you never get them. Well, I think you could get them. And the other thing that I'd said that there would be in my starting eleven would be Lewandowski. Now, which would mean for me I would leave uh, Lukaku at the starting eleven, which causes plenty of debate. But that's just my view <laughs> of a team that I think that and a squad. Uh, that I think are capable of, of challenging for, for the championship. I think there's enough good other players around. So I've got in my team Luke Shaw. Uh, I've said for all, for months that Luke Shaw needs to play football. If he plays all the time, uh, as he's proven in the past, you'll get a six or seven or better performance out of ten from him. Training is just not his thing. I think he needs to keep playing. And I think if he keeps playing... Then, then that's all. That's all that really matters. And keep playing and play, and he, he will play well. And as I say, he's got several. He's only a young player. And he's got so many good, great attributes. And then for me, you've got other players that that will come on to be to to be more influential. I think that Lingard and Pogba in the midfield, and uh, Alexis is playing in one of the forward positions, and also Rashford. I've got great potential. That that's something where it's in the interviews that he's uh, vitally important. You alluded to there that. Luke Shaw just might not be someone that enjoys training or whatever he needs to be playing games. Football it, it, it isn't just a simple game. When you, when you come to things like that, people on social media think they know it all, um, that everyone's the same. For example, it didn't break to the media that before the Newcastle game that, that Paul Pogba was very ill beforehand and he had been, he had been vomiting before the game. And he didn't perform particularly well, but instead of understanding that people are criticised saying oh he's a, he's a fraud or this is a term that used in social media the whole time which is complete not rubbish but the point being there's so many ins and outs people don't understand but they jump to quick illusions that oh that's the point you know as you mentioned some people aren't good trainers they need to be playing every week and do you think Luke Shaw has a future Manchester United? I, I hope so because I think he's a really good player and I think they, they, they let him go somewhere else he will prove how good a player yeah. he is, yeah. and he will improve several other teams. Mm. Now, the, the thing I'm saying, I'm not saying Luke Shaw doesn't enjoy training. It may yeah. look as if he's not really working hard in training. Yeah. Now, I can use myself as an example because I know what I was like. Yeah. I always felt maybe I'm wrong that, that the game was the most important thing, and I did the work during the week in order to have save myself for the game. Really, so and maybe in today's the way that, that you can measure various different things, I would be in jeopardy of not playing because I didn't 
kill myself in training. But I did in the games. You did enough to be selected, obviously, but you, you but kept... But I'm saying that, but you were one, one huge thing about any coach is, are you available to be selected? So Luke Shaw's not been injured since he did that leg break. He's, uh, he's available to, to play. And when he's played, I think he's done quite well. Mm, it's important. Uh, it's and I'll ask you a question about the situation, talking about um, information or for whatever it comes from regarding. Use Paul Pogba as an example. Mm. Does, is there enough information um, given by the football club to explain sometimes about? I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm a football fan, fan myself, but mm. I get enough stuff from. Uh, from what I see and what I read, I can form my own view of things. I have to listen to a lot of people that go to every game and they have their view slightly different to to watch it on television, which I tend to be doing anyway. You know? So do you think there's enough information that comes out to say, well, this is the reason why? Or To be honest, we, we all know that there's, there's so much rubbish printed still. Um, and people, you kind of have to pick and choose what you believe and, and sometimes it might not be true. So it's right, you know, does the club do enough to kind of to share information? If Pogba being ill before Newcastle, that was never briefed, that was never shared by the club. And to be honest, that that's kind of information that, in a way, kind of will, will protect the player. I think you know, protect them from giving an explanation why he might have performed poorly. You know, rather than saying that oh he's out of form. I think Mourinho has always been credited on on protecting his players and. And almost kind of deflecting blame from from bad performances, but I think some things leaves a bit to be desired. Um, he he's he's publicly questioned Luke Shaw a number of times. I'm thinking at this stage, is it necessary? Keep doing it. You know, maybe maybe he's got to the situation in his view that he's tried everything else. So I saw an, an interesting bit the other day about um, Jason Dodd, who was the academy manager when Luke Shaw was at Southampton. And he was just talking about what he was like as a young player mm. and basically saying that at times he needed to get his ass kicked and other times he needed to put his arm around him. Now, you find that with nearly every single player because mm. that, that's it's when things are going fantastically well for you, you can just leave them alone and let them go on with it. When they're, they're, they're a bit down or they're a bit off form or they're injured, you may have to adapt a different, um, a different way of dealing with them uh, on a daily basis. Both internally and externally, uh, maybe that's just the, the way that uh, the coach uh, thinks that he'll, he'll get a reaction from the player. Uh, and I can't say that we're right or wrong until until we get back to to get back to the, the football program after the international break and see what, what transpires. But um, I, I said, look, Sean, particularly, I think they should find a they should be aware. And it's, there's a lot of things down to the player because the manager and coach can't make a player. No. The player will make himself. Uh, but, there's, but there's always going to be plenty of disinformation about, about what, what Luke Shaw's idea is. One of the things that the, the modern coach has to, to deal with now is that more often than, than they would probably like is that there's an information flow between the player or all players and who represents them. So whether it's a family member, whether it's a solicitor, whether it's an agent, mm. uh, and then they they have an influence over what can happen. I mean, managers now also have got their own people looking after them. So there's a there's always big mix and muddle of 
of people you might have to uh, converse with or develop relationships with them or try to maintain relationships with them. Ultimately, the, Jose Mourinho was paid certainly to win games for Manchester United or you can look at the other way not to lose games at Manchester United and therefore build up enough of those in order to get enough points to put you in the hunt for the Premier League and then also produce performances that can do you do well in domestic cups and in, and in Europe. And he is, and, and all the players are there at his uh, disposal, really. And they have to understand that they have to get they're supposed to please him. And if they please him, then you know that he'll be picking them because that's how you'll be. He will be, and the club will be successful by picking players who are who are fit and in form. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you mentioned there are some players, uh, all players, sometimes need an arm over the shoulder. Or, Kick up the backside and look. That I'm 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 sure the likes of even Cristiano Ronaldo got to kick up the backside from Ferguson. Plenty, yeah. And, you know, and uh, we're, we're talking uh, and about and couples as well. Yeah, look, it's, I'm, of course, of course, absolutely, of course. Look, one of the questions we got before I let you go, um, there's only a small few to go. I was asked to ask you, do you think that the the English FA or the English approach even was a slightly arrogant in terms of approaching Scott McTominay and I suppose you're happy to see that he's 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 going to play for Scotland now. Well, like the, the people want to have the best players available. You, you look around. Uh, there's there's a player the other day who's, who's said to the Republic of Ireland he wants to wait to see whether he gets a telephone call from England. Hmm. And he said, right, well, whatever. So the, and you, you'll see that if you look back over the last, say, 15 years, there were lots of players because they've come over to whatever, they've come through the academy system and they have heritage to use it, um, or the bloodlines in order to give them the, the, uh, the validation to be able to play for a particular country. Grandparents, you can go one grandparent that's, that's actually from either, you know, that's where that's where the, the accreditation comes from, and you want to have good players now. That England have a few more good players than Scotland have, so maybe it was more appropriate <laughs> for the police to make the effort he did do than than Gareth Southgate, who may have a view that he at this present time he's got players who he believes are and will be better again to perform for for him in England in the in the games that he's got and then in the uh, and then in the World Cup in the summer. Uh, but yeah, for uh, as being a Scotsman I think it's great because he, he, he's, he said he wanted to play for Scotland since he was a young kid. I, I used to do that when I was at the academy, any players that were had a link to Scotland. I used to say that to them, you know, I remember saying to Phil Basler as a young player, like, forget you're never going to play for England. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he's played for Scotland. I suppose because his dad's Scottish, you know. So I said that to Nicky Bott as well, but he didn't listen to me. <laughs> I suppose this is when footballers and coaches need to be realistic. You know, they need to be honest with themselves and and with the the younger players. That, as you mentioned there, if you're not going to make it, then what's the best decision? Well, you have to play that, football. Yeah, but I mean, at, the, at that particular point in their career, I think you're correct in what you said. You should be saying exactly what you think they are. Mm. Now, if that's and, and you can only argue, or you can only put that point forward from exactly the situation. So I would imagine that, and then it is the case if you're manager of coaching Wales or Northern Ireland, or the Republic, or Scotland, then the assets that you've got are, are less than the, the assets that the English coach has got. 
but he, he would always want him to be candid with the player and say, look, yeah, you could play, we did well, but listen, there's no room for you at this present time and whatever. But I think after this one, we'll, we'll be looking at, you know, will you be involved? And then it's up to the player to decide exactly where his future is going to lie. In this situation with McTominay, it's excellent for Scotland and Alec and Alec McLeish. I think it, it kind of resembles back to, to what Danny Nardiello was telling me two weeks ago, that it was a time where he wanted to leave United and loan to go and play regular football. And Ferguson responded and said, no way, you were fourth or fifth choice striker. If anyone gets injured, we're going to need you. And Daniel probably didn't like hearing that because he wanted to play football, but what he really respected was that Ferguson didn't butter around and co- cover it up. He was 100% honest, and th- there was there was no bullshit. And I think when you're dealing with a senior figure, and as you were a coach and young players are coming to you, if you're not honest with you, there's going to be a time where they're going to see that. They're going to see through you. You know, they're, it's you have to be honest, and sometimes you have to be blunt in every business, in every in every walk. Yeah, well, being involved in football in that way, and, and Alex Ferguson had uh, was always very good at telling you straight to your face, good, bad, or indifferent news. So the, you were left clear exactly what that was at that particular moment. So if he said to Danny that look, you're in his plans, he would have been in his plans. So at no point. At any time through Danny's life, would he be able to come back to him actually and say you lied to me there? Yeah, yeah. you know, it, because that's the whole. You know, he might, he might not have liked what he heard. Several of us didn't like what we heard when he was telling us things, but that was the main idea, and that's what I've always tried to do as well. Is give him because as much as it is thoroughly enjoyable, it's also hard. You know, it's hard when your when your career is not going the way you think it should be going. It's hard when you're not playing because the coach doesn't fancy it's difficult when you're injured or you're suspended or you're ill. Now, they're all part of the, parts of the or, or, some, or you get transferred to, and you have to move to another part of the country. But overall, in the scheme of things, and they were talking, if you look at Nardiello, for example, he's had a career in the game. Yeah. He's still continuing to have a career in the game. He, he's a goal scorer and he'll always be a goal scorer. So whatever level of football he, he plays, he can continues to play until he's... 60, 65 or whatever in the different forms of game he will score goals yeah, and that's been that's what's given him the rewards that he will have had in that period of time of course the, the, the dream is to play uh, at the highest possible level but but there's other there's, you know, and that is just one example of a number of players who are um, performing and making a good living for themselves in the game who have had a, a very good education at, at Manchester United Brian, before I let you go, one last um, topic, one last question, because I know you're, you're a busy man. Um, what do you think of the current Manchester United Academy setup, and does it really help young players? Well, it does. I mean, just going back to that kind of thing, you look at the number of players that have come through Manchester United's academy that have got a career in the game. Now, there's two parts to, to the academy because. You can't influence the rules because the rules are made up by the, the Premier League, which is a collection of all those clubs, and they decide collectively what's going to happen. You have to have a certain number of players registered to produce teams to play at the weekend, 40 weeks of the year. So there's a lot of players in there, and, they may, and the idea is you don't quite know exactly who's going to be the one that's going to play, but you'll know when they sign at uh, eight years of age that one of them will play for Manchester United and one of them will probably play an international player and you look through all the age groups over a number of years and that's happened 
All the other ones, it's, you need to be supported all the way along that thing because there's great opportunities for them to make a, an amazing living in a fantastic sport by by being honest with them all the way through. And the other part of it is it, it's always been part of being patient. Now, there's many other places, and maybe we would have had it, so, and we have had two things at the moment, but um, Scott McTominay had a very, very bumpy ride through the thing. And there were other other there been coaches at times would have said, Well, we should we should let it be better time to let him go. Now, me and others thought a different thing because we could see what he was like as a kid, what attributes he had when he was a younger player, he was one of the best players, a problem when he's growing, he's still gonna be a good player when he finishes growing. And he's gonna be a big strong boy and that's what he's turned out to be at the moment. Look at him. Look at him now. And the other and the other one, uh is uh, Kieran O'Hara. Now, the goalkeeping coaches wanted to let Kieran O'Hara go at 16. And I said, I, I said, no. Now, it was down to their, their idea of where he was playing and would he get a game if we kept him and brought him in as a scholar. But there was other issues that uh, we felt it was important that they had known Kieran since he was eight years of age. They deserved to stay. And he would become a goalkeeper of some sorts. He ended up, for example, going and playing uh, for Trafford in an FA Cup giant killing game against Altrium, who were like two leagues higher than them. Now, Kieran Ahar is in the Republic of Ireland squad yeah. now. Yeah. So they are the kind of ones that are amazingly satisfying that uh, people have written them off. Uh, but, the, well, Kieran's obviously still there at United, but he's, he's been recognised as a, a very talented young goalkeeper. So that will always continue. You just, you just hope that continue with the patience of having the young players because there's so many examples of them. Some who are there, who's playing, and there's McTominay and Lingard, and several other ones who have got great careers in the game because you know, we, we, we took a time with them. Look, there's a great quote from Ferguson. That he said, you, you won't start to see the very best from Lingard till he's 24, yet, yet there's so many experts on Twitter the past few years, they're writing him off and look at him now. You know, he's, he's been very important to United's first team this year. He's been excellent. There's, there's a, a thing I think now that if you look at, if you look through the careers of a lot of top players, not not so much the ones who are the pinnacles of your, your message, your Ronaldo's and Rooney's who came into the game early on, but, the, but an awful lot of other players, uh, particularly players who have had problems with uh, maturity, with uh, either physically, yeah. Uh, being a bit smaller or growing too fast and being too tall. Uh, 24 is about the age where the, everything everything in their lives kind of settled down, you know. The likelihood is they're in a stable relationship with someone. The likelihood is that they're, they're, they've gone through ups and downs in football. And then that's where they kind of realise that their job of work is to do, get into a routine of doing whatever they're doing. So they'll, they'll understand, they try to please the coach and then they try to please the supporters when they're playing in the game whatever that game may be. Look, absolutely. Look, I'm 22 and I'm still five foot nothing, so you're, you're giving me a bit of a lifeline here that maybe when I'm 24 I might finally make it. Um, Brian, it was an absolute pleasure speaking to you uh, and hopefully next season we might get you on again. But um, okay. before we let you go, I suppose, where, will United challenge, will United run closer to City next season? Yes. Or yes. No? yes. Yeah. Will we be closer? Yeah. Will we win the league next season? Well, you're, I'm always optimistic about good yeah. things. I'm always yeah. positive about things, yeah. and there's no reason why not. You know, recruitment's crucial. 
you, you want to, uh, yeah. and yeah. my opinion is biased in the sense of I want to maintain yeah. as many young players that have come through the academy as possible. Who are good players and will be of value. Fingers crossed. And look, thanks a million. And, and enjoy the rest of the season. Hopefully we celebrate an FA Cup win. Um, yeah, that'd be excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. <laughs> Still Giggs goes, he's through, he's scored! Ryan Giggs, he's at the goal that's played for Manchester United! To the left, right footed, it's a clear header, and it's in the left! Stockdale has won the European Cup for Manchester United! Network.